Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. A Pennsylvania man is accused of beheading his own father and then holding up the severed head in a video that he posted online that got thousands of views before it was finally taken down. We're analyzing everything we know so far about this case with retired U.S. Marshal Art Roderick and former Judge Elizabeth Scherer. Welcome to Sidebar, presented by Law & Crime. I'm Jesse Weber. I'm going to tell you right off the bat that not only is this an incredibly disturbing case, this is a tough one just to even talk about. Police in Middletown Township, Pennsylvania, that's in Bucks County, they responded to a horrifying 911 phone call on Tuesday night. A woman reported around 7 p.m. that she came home to find her 68-year-old husband, Michael Moan, decapitated in the bathroom of their home. Yes, that is what we're talking about. The couple's adult son, 32-year-old Justin Moan, was the prime suspect in the death of his father. He had apparently posted a video of himself on YouTube holding up his own father's head. That is what we're talking about right here. That 14-minute video went up on the site about an hour before the 911 phone call. It had close to 5,000 views before it was finally removed hours later. The video was posted to YouTube with the title, Moans Militia Call to Arms for American Patriots. And in the video, Justin Moan said that his father had been a federal employee for 20 years, which Moan believes made him a traitor to the country. In the video, he states, quote, violence is the only solution to the federal government's treason and this is the head of mike moan a federal employee over of over 20 years and my father he is now in hell for eternity as a traitor to his country reported that michael moan worked as an engineer with the geo-environmental section of the u.s army corps of engineers in philadelphia district law enforcement captured moan about 100 miles away from the crime scene at fort indiantown gap base home of pennsylvania national guard headquarters he had apparently broken into the base with a gun. He was still armed when law enforcement confronted him, but authorities say he surrendered peacefully. No one was harmed. He has been charged with murder in the first degree, abuse of a corpse, and possession of an instrument of crime with intent. According to court documents, Moan was arraigned virtually very early Wednesday morning, and his bail has been denied. Let's break this down. I have two very special guests. I'm joined by retired U.S. Marshal Art Roderick and former Judge Elizabeth Scherer, who presided over the Parkland School shooting case. She is now in private practice with Conrad and Scherer. Great to have you both here. Um, again, I, I say this so many times, but I wish it was under better circumstances. What a case. Um, Art, I'm going to start with you. Uh, let's talk about how he was captured. So we know that authorities in Middletown Township, they had pinged Moan's phone. And they did this mm -hmm. because they realized that his father's car wasn't there. He was missing. Right. They track him to Fort Indiantown Gap. They alerted the local police department. They find out that he jumped the fence to get into the base. They chase him. They arrest him. Thoughts on how they were able to capture him? Yeah, bizarre case. I mean, this is, this is standard uh, cell phone tracking 
uh, that is used by just about every single agency at this point in time. And uh, uh, when you look at this individual's background, obviously this is a narcissistic sociopath. Uh, to commit a crime like this, I mean, for law enforcement to respond to that scene and that poor mother coming home, uh, that had to be one bloody mess. Even if you clean it up, it's still, you know, it's difficult to decapitate someone uh, with a machete and a large knife, which were found near the body. Uh, but tracking this individual, I mean, he left enough obvious clues, not only the video, but uh, uh, relatively easy to track him via his cell phone. So he wasn't very sophisticated and, and, uh, uh, in his getaway plan, but obviously he wanted this to be known to the world. By the way, one of my favorite things about being a host on Law and Crime is how passionate our audience is. You guys don't just sit back and watch. You engage. You leave comments. You give us feedback. You make your opinions known, which I can't tell you how much I appreciate. But one of the most popular opinions is how much you love our police body cam videos. And I'll tell you, I agree. I think they're fantastic. They're unpredictable. They let you see firsthand what's going on in any given situation instead of just hearing about it later in testimony or from police reports. Well, I am excited to tell you that we here at Long Crime, we've heard you loud and clear, and we have launched a whole new YouTube channel dedicated only to police body cam videos. It is aptly named Long Crime Body Cam. It is your new destination for all of the most shocking police interactions on the internet, we're talking high-speed chases, dramatic DUIs, arrests that you just got to see to believe. So go check it out. Go subscribe. Let us know what you think. You might even hear a, I don't know, a familiar voice on some of the videos. It's me. It's me. I'm not going to lie. I get to narrate some of them. Huge honor for me. Great opportunity. But just click the link in the description. Catch all the action on Long Crime Body Cam. I'm going to see you there. And, and Judge, I'm going to get your perspective on this because you've clearly presided over cases with disturbing details and disturbing defendants. I mean, as a former government employee yourself, let's talk about the alleged motivation here. I mean, I mentioned in the video, we have come to learn that this defendant is a self-published author. His book titles include The Revolution Leader's Survival Guide, How Schools, Workplaces, and Social Norms Kill the Genius Inside All, all of Us. The Second Messiah, King of Earth, which he says is fictional, but based loosely on his own life. The Punishing. And then a pamphlet called America's Coming Bloody Revolution. Let me just add this, too. He's also a singer, posted songs on Spotify. Many of the songs, the writings, the YouTube videos, they're just rants against everything from the LGBTQ community to Black Lives Matter movement to Joe, President Joe Biden to immigrants who are coming into the country illegally. I mean, what do you make of that? My first thought is you usually don't just wake up one day. Well, this guy's in his 30s. Is that, is that 32, right? 32, 32, yeah. You usually don't wake up one day in your 30s, your low, you know, 32, and just decide to do something so heinous and, and cruel, like cut off your dad's head. Um, I wonder if there were other things that were leading up to this, that um, that's my first thought, or undetected crimes that he may have committed. Because uh, like I said, usually somebody doesn't just go off the wall. Uh, one day they wake up at 32 and, and completely um, lose it and start brutally killing uh, family members. So my concern would be whether or not he's done this before and to what extent. And, and just adding to that, Judge, uh, my understanding is the Middletown Township Police Lieutenant Pete Feeney came out and said other charges may be filed. What are we looking at there, you think? I mean, 
it could be that he escalated up to murder and this is the first time he's committed murder, but I, I, I would have a hard time believing that he's never committed a violent uh, type felony prior to this incident. Because to take off your, your, the head of your own family member, I mean, that's, that's, that's about as bad as it gets. Yeah, no, I can't think of anything much worse, and I cover a crime show every day. This is one of the ones that unfortunately stands out. You talked about the crime scene art. Let's focus on the crime scene. So the Bucks County detectives and the Middletown Township police officers, like I said, they found Michael Moan's body in the bathroom, blood all over the place. You had mentioned the machete and the large knife found in a bathtub. There were bloody rubber gloves that were in the bedroom, um, and that is where and I apologize again for saying this, but the father's head was inside of a plastic bag that was put in a cooking pot. Now, I tell you right now, that's not the first time I've heard that, unfortunately. Um, crime scenes like this, walk me through what you make of it and walk me through how difficult it is for law enforcement personnel to actually canvas that scene. Yeah, that is the difficult part. I mean, unfortunately, law enforcement comes across uh, obviously, different violent scenes on every call that they get. This this is very unique. In the fact that you've got an individual that decapitated his father. And I agree with the judge. I I went to look at this individual's background, try to do some because it's it's very odd that this would be the first violent offense that this individual did. But I couldn't even find a parking ticket um, in his background. So when you when you look at all when you when you put all this together when you Look at his writings and you look at his social media accounts. Uh, obviously, this individual had some major issues when it comes to the federal government uh, espousing this right wing stuff that he's put out there on the Internet. Um, and when you roll this back to the crime scene, this is what you've got. Some, something, and uh, the judge also brought it up, something that must have triggered this individual to commit this crime on this particular day at this particular time. So usually there's a triggering event that, that occurs here. But, uh, you know, my, my thoughts go out to the, to, the, to the family that has to put up with this. Um, this is a horrible situation for anyone's family. And uh, obviously law enforcement coming upon that type of scene and having to, you know, uh, go through the process that they do every time they come across a crime scene, that's a difficult process for law enforcement and for the uh, CSI individuals. Yeah, it's hard to imagine. It's hard to imagine. Yeah. And, and, and talking about his past, Judge, we've learned he had, he's been in and out of court, or at least tried to be in and out of court. He had let several legal battles in civil court. Didn't get very far. He sued the federal government for, quote, negligently and fraudulently inducing him to borrow money for college, knowing that it would be hard for him to pay it back, as he claims, as a graduate of Penn State, uh, he is an overeducated white man, can't pay back his loans, there was a recent filing in 2023. The judge threw it out, said there's no legal standing. I imagine if these cases were brought before you, you might have said the same thing. I mean, what do you make of those kind of cases? Um, he seems like he wants to be the center of attention. He's a narcissist and wants to be, you know, whether or not it's, it's a legitimate cause of action or not. It seems like he wants to be in the middle of it. He wants people talking about him. In fact, uh, this is probably part of his plan i would think otherwise why go on youtube why go on youtube and and, and flaunt this type of of heinous crime um uh, my hope is that there were no warning signs that that we missed 
because uh, that would be an all too familiar scenario uh, when people are basically telling you in no uncertain terms that they're going to do something bad and commonly myself included you think oh, oh person's just talking it'll never happen but my hope is that we don't find out that there were uh you know clear warning signs that that should have been should have been looked into on the part of law enforcement or or others this moan case is awful that's a given but it's important it's important to talk about and the truth is we're able to tell stories like these we're able to bring you this information and analysis because of the support that we get from our partners and that is why i want to call out one of our great sponsors here on sidebar Morgan and Morgan. So if you get injured, knowing what your rights are and if you should be compensated for what you lost is so important. And Morgan and Morgan, the largest injury law firm in the country, they don't settle for lowball offers from insurance companies. They fight for what you deserve in a case, which could be millions of dollars. You don't believe me? Well, get this. In the past couple of months, Morgan & Morgan saw verdicts of $12 million in Florida, $26 million in Philadelphia, and $6.8 million in New York. Mind you, that is considerably higher than the highest insurance offer for these accidents, and they make it super easy for their clients because they have totally modernized the process from submitting your claim, signing documents, talking to your whole legal team. It's all done right on your smartphone, and all it takes is just a few clicks, and you're going to see if you have a case in minutes. Not only that, the fee is absolutely free unless you win. So if you're injured and you want to check out Morgan & Morgan, go to ForThePeople.com slash LC Sidebar or click the link in the description and pinned in the comments. All right, let's get back into the Moan case. Let me ask you about this. I mean, he, by the way, he also had sued Progressive Insurance um, where he once worked. He said that he didn't progress in the company. He didn't get ahead because women were given the priority, which turned out not to be true because he really was fired for allegedly kicking open an office door, which is obviously a big no-no. But you mentioned um, these kind of warning signs. And I, my first thought was, as this case progresses, if it's not ultimately he takes a plea deal, or excuse not even a deal, but you know, pleads guilty, would a mental health defense potentially be something of interest for a defense counsel in this kind of case, you think? And I know we have limited information. Uh, that's a defense that rarely works. There's very rare circumstances. Even if you're mentally ill, you have to be in a in a basically a, a psychotic episode of a certain period of time and you have to there's a whole there's a whole lot of criteria that needs to be met it seems to me that the planning that went into this and the planning both before and after uh would contradict a, a defense of insanity which would be a mental health defense it seems to me that the way that he he um carried out the murder then then took steps to to put the head in the in the bag and then and then leave it and then and then do a video on it uh psychotic episode that i'm familiar with does not last that long that's like a two-hour ordeal and i i don't think that i don't think that this is gonna meet that criteria in my opinion and art with what you, i know right now yeah and art i mean i'll get I'll let you, you, you know jesse that uh, yeah you know jesse a lot of times too with these types of individuals in my experience I'm kind of surprised he's not on somebody's radar. Uh, generally, when <clears throat> you have an individual that files a lot of uh, cases, uh, there generally follows on to that a threat to a public official of some kind. Absolutely. So if I was uh, with that PD, I'd be checking with the U.S. Marshals, with, with the county, to find out if he's threatened any judges or any other public officials, even check with Secret Service to see if he's possibly on their radar. 
Um, but uh, this type of individual usually will will follow on with threats to public officials. And give you, and let me just throw that back to you, Judge. I mean, in a position like you had, uh, were you ever concerned about something like this? Have you ever seen anybody in your courtroom like this espousing kind of these beliefs and, and thoughts about government uh, workers or the federal government or anything like that? Most of the time, they're when they're doing this, they don't actually believe it. They're just saying these things to get attention. Right. That's that's what I found. People don't. They're just doing whatever they can to get somebody to pay attention. And even in court, they I frequently have to tell people like this, sir, it's not your turn. It's somebody else's turn and you need to wait your turn. And the continuous interrupting. And usually that is not a sign of mental illness because even mentally ill people can control themselves and don't just shout out and start making, you know, allegations and and threatening public officials. Um, that's not clear indications of, of a mental illness. Um, usually it's just a. I hate to say this, but a sociopath or right. narcissistic behavior and, you know, it's all about them. Art, uh, let, me, let me finish this up by focusing on one concern that I have. Obviously, I have a lot of concerns about this case, but the YouTube video, right? So YouTube in a statement, they said, quote, the video was removed for violating our graphic violence policy and Justin Moan's channel was terminated in line with our violent extremism policies. Our teams are closely tracking now to remove any re-uploads of the video. That is my concern. So, you know, kudos yes. to YouTube for taking it off as soon as they found out what was going on. I am concerned about his, and, I'm, and for our listeners, our message, I'm using it in quote, quotation marks here, that being spread. I mean, 5,000 views, it was up there for a while. What would your concern be as a, a you know, law enforcement trying to make sure that that doesn't get disseminated further? You know, as we all know, once stuff's posted on the internet, that's it. It's out there. Even though there's only 5,000 views, it can be reposted. But uh, unfortunately, it's out there right now. And I'm sure uh, there's been a lot more than 5,000 views of this. Oh, it's terrible to think about. Yeah. Uh, listen, I, I don't think anybody should ever watch what, that, what he posted. Uh, Judge Sher, Art Roderick, thank you both so much for coming on, breaking down this case, giving us a way to understand what is a situation that's hard to understand, but really appreciate it. Thank you both. Thanks, Jesse. Thank you, Jesse. All right, everybody, what a case. That's all we have for you right now here on Sidebar. Thank you so much for joining us, as always. Please subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, YouTube, wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Jesse Weber. I'll speak to you next time.